Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Transparency moment here. I'm going to get a little real raw and vulnerable with you. It wasn't that long ago when I decided to look into my hormones so that you know I could eventually get pregnant when that time comes. And it just started as a little investigative process. I saw the blood work, the Dutch test, everything came back and I bawled. You can ask Jeff about the river of tears that flooded down my face at the kitchen table. It set me back to a place when I wasn't well and put me in this headspace of here I am supposed to be this healing expert known as, and my hormones, my very own hormones were embarrassing. My body was shouting, I am starved of essential chemical functions, Jen. I'm not operating at my best. And I couldn't believe how far I'd let myself go, not prioritizing my own health. And sure, my autoimmune symptoms that I talk about still in remission, but as I had gotten older, I'd taken an optimally functioned body and completely ignored a whole system screaming for help. And this started in my late twenties. Ugh, (laughs) I'm thinking about what I saw in the reports. Ignorance is bliss until you see it. So what did I do? Just as I did before with my autoimmune conditions, I dug in and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I embarked on what became over the last year or two, the missing piece of my functional medicine practice, hormones. Or if you've ever typed the word into your iPhone, it'll literally spell out hormones. (laughs) And you know what I found? I wasn't alone feeling like I had done everything right, yet my body was still gaining weight, not recovering, and showing some pretty lame lab values that I didn't appreciate. So some more research, figured out how to correct my own imbalances, emerging as a brand new feeling woman. I can literally say that was the missing piece that led me into the mind-body-spirit connection that was optimal for me. And ladies, it's not our fault. We are up against, you know, estrogens in every food and formula, synthetic hormones as our most popular prescriptions, and all of this misinformation that continuously swarms around our heads. So we can't even decipher if we're actually crazy or not. And I had my moments. (laughs) So hear me when I say this, you're not crazy. Even if your hormones are leading you to act that way, if you don't feel fine, you're not fine. It's not in your head. So to help us comprehend clinical implications and strategies of the endocrine system and hormonal imbalance, it's helpful to review functioning of our physiology in a fun way. And I promise not to bore you. So imagine the biggest endocrinology textbook put into a six-week container in a really fun way. And shorten that down, I want to help you understand the role of hormones in the endocrine system so we can be alert to our own hormonal balance and understand just a single deficit that can radically affect our health, our energy, and our mood. Did you know that even the moon has something to do with your hormones? I'm going to teach you all about this 
in just one night. So I want to invite you to my body decoded webinar, where we will discuss all things, your hormones, your endocrine system, your energy field, so that you can walk away feeling like I am the woman I was created to be living my divine abundant design. Monday, February 20th, 6 p.m. You can sign up at the link in the show notes. Now go ahead and cue it, DJ. Shania Twain, let's go girls. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. I am so excited to bring on our first guest and probably going to be for all time, one of my most favorite guests. This is my friend and client, Brooke. She has been through my symptomless program on my retreats. She's an engineer. She's a yogi. She's a wife. She's a daughter. She's a friend. And she has a really special message she's going to share in her own words today. And what she told me before we hopped on, she said, I want people to know that living with endometriosis and pain and symptoms is not normal. There's a way to fix this. And she's going to share all about her endo healing story. So welcome to the podcast, Brooke. I'm so excited you're here. And I would love for you to just kick off with anything you want to say about yourself. I know we talked about talking about, you know, like childhood to now, like where you've been, what you do, but tell us what you want listeners to know and how you like to describe yourself. Thanks, Jen. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, So like you said, my name is Brooke. Um, I live in the Kansas City area and I have had the pleasure of working with you on this healing journey. Um, So we're here to talk a little bit about kind of my endometriosis healing journey and what I've been through and how I got to where I am. So um, a little bit about me is, like I said, I live in Kansas City with my husband. I've been married for 14 years. We have three cats, which I love them dearly, but it's way too many cats. <laughs> no, you don't. I would not be surprised if one joins us here this afternoon. Once you get one, you just need a couple more. It's how it goes. I think so. They just find you. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, I am an engineer. It's what I do for a living. I am an environmental engineer for a Fortune 500 company. And so I very much live in that analytical and engineering mindset most of the time. So some of the things we'll talk about today might surprise those who know me if they ever run across this podcast. Engineers' brains blow me away. My fiance is an engineer like a brain, and I could not be any more different. I'd say my brain is like spaghetti, and engineers are really great in the way they think like waffles. They go from one box to the next and everything has its place and it makes sense and it's analytical. And then my brain is just all over like spaghetti. So, so excited to have your perception of this healing and the work that you do in the way that your brain was designed. Yeah. So yeah, I like to joke sometimes that my love language is spreadsheets. Like I love the numbers. (laughs) I love being in the data and the information, but Anyway, so my history a little bit with um, endometriosis or what I now know is endometriosis, we'll get to that, is pretty much since a teenager, I've had just painful, horrible cycles and they have gotten worse over the years. But I remember even in my teenage years, my grandma um, used to take me to and from school before I could drive and she would pick me up from school and I would just have these horrible cramps and she would like park the car somewhere and like, let me like lean the seat back and like lay in the sunshine because that's what one thing she did when she was younger, um, Mm -hmm. to help with cramps and just try to relieve them. What did your grandma have endo too? 
So I don't know. I mean, I think probably back then they didn't have a word for it, right? So um, this grandma on my dad's side uh, definitely struggled with with terrible cycles and on my mom's side as well. So I, I, it comes at me from all angles. Um, and the doctors are just like, oh, it's normal. Yes. I have terrible cycles. Yeah. So when I was 16, my stepmom, um, who I lived with my stepmom and my dad, so my stepmom was really concerned about how much ibuprofen I was taking. She was like seriously concerned I was going to have liver problems or something just from managing the cramps and the symptoms. So she took me to the gynecologist. And of course, what did they do, right? They put me on birth control to manage the sy- symptoms. Of course. <laughs> and I was on that for a while into my 20s. And when I was in my 20s, um, I was dating my now husband. And he was just seeing some of the side effects I was going through. Like one, you know, I would be on a pill for a while. It would work. I would start having a lot of breakthrough bleeding or different side effects. They'd change the pill to another one. And I was on several. And finally I had one, I was like dry heaving in the mornings and I had terrible anxiety. And he was just like, you know, maybe you should stop taking that. (laughs) I mean, he supported whatever, what was right for me. Right. But he was just like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going off of the pill in my twenties and my cycles just were never good. Right. They, they were, but they were always regular. So Mm -hmm. that was where I think I really ran into issues with healthcare professionals. So I saw multiple doctors over the years and I would, you know, go in, I'd tell them all my symptoms and tell them how terrible things were. And they would always be like, but are you regular? And I said, well, yes. I mean, I ran on about a 27, 28 day cycle, pretty much like clockwork. Mm. And because of that, they just never took it seriously. They were like, oh, everybody gets cramps. Oh, it's not that bad, you know? And so I would stop going to the doctor for a while and then, you know, it would get really bad. And then I would go find another doctor and try again. And after I'd gone through several doctors, I was just, I was done. I was like, clearly I'm not going to get any help. Right. And so years ago, like I discovered that by eating clean, I could kind of heal the migraines I had had all my life. And so I was like, Hey, maybe I can do something with food, with nutrition, with lifestyle to help this endometriosis stuff. At the time I didn't have the word for it. I had never been diagnosed, but whatever was going on. Right. And so I did some, you know, internet sleuthing. And I figured out there were certain foods I could maybe give up, um, like gluten, dairy. So I did a little bit of that about eight months and I had pretty decent success. Like things weren't great, but I saw some improvement. Mm -hmm. So I knew there was a key there, but I just, it still wasn't good enough. Like it was still pretty miserable. And in 2021, I really hit a breaking point. Um, Kind of what happened is I was looking at, um, I I love adventure travel, and I was looking at a trip that was rafting in the Grand Canyon, and it was a year out, and I was like, there is no way I can sign up for this. I was like, if I end up on my period during this trip for a week in the bottom of the Grand Canyon on a raft, there is absolutely no way I can manage this, and for me, I never even signed up for the trip, and it wasn't even that I was so set on that trip. But the fact that this would dictate those types of things in my life was a breaking point. And your medical professionals into that point had said, oh, that's just normal. Like, yeah, you should have. Yeah, everywhere I went, every doctor would tell me it's normal. They they would ask me questionnaires and um, we're going to get real TMI on this podcast. So like one of the things they'd be like, (laughs) 
how heavy is it? Do you, do you bleed onto your clothing? And I'd be like, yes. They're like, do you have to manage, you know, constantly with pain medication? I'm like, yes. And like, yes. yes. And then they'd go, yes. yes, I have that on my list. We will get to clots. <laughs> um, and they're just like, yeah, you're, t- it's normal. Nothing's wrong with you. And I'm like, why did you ask me these questions? I answered yes to all of them. And you're like, you're perfectly fine. So or you can take birth control as your solution. Yes. So then in 2021, I was like, something has to give, right? We've got to do something. A good friend of mine recommended a a gynecologist. He does not do the OB side, just gynecology. He really focuses on treating the woman. So I went to him and after 20 years of going to the doctors for this, he is the first person that ever uttered the word endometriosis to me. Mm -hmm. Now I had kind of... Yeah, it was so validating. Like I had kind of figured out that was probably what was going on, but I could not believe it took 20 years for a doctor to even suggest that could be a problem. Yeah. Now, technically I was never diagnosed with endometriosis because the only way for an official diagnosis I was told was to do the exploratory surgery, right? To see if you have the tissue outside of your uterus, but And I love this. The doctor said, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Duck. (laughs) Yes. So while uh, we'll get to, you know, into this a little bit more, but while, um, you know, he didn't necessarily lead me to the ultimate solution, I really do give him a lot of credit for actually taking me seriously, validating that what was going on was not normal. We had to find a way to fix it and really letting me choose what I wanted to do about it. And so, Um, before we get too far into that though, I really want to kind of walk through like what a cycle looked like for me. Like, why was I at at such a breaking point that I was like, something has to happen. And so again, I mentioned that my cycles were fairly regular, which was a blessing, but also a curse because, you know, I knew they were coming and I knew every month was going to be about the same, right. Or worse. So my periods would last anywhere from seven to 10 days or more. Um, I would normally start the beginning of my period. I would wake up in the morning and my blood pressure would be really low. Um, wow. I have passed out before I passed out the second day at the company I work for now at work. Um, yeah, I would get out of bed because normally I could catch it coming on and I would stand up out of bed and I would like start to see stars and get really lightheaded. I would lay back down and I'd be like, Oh, my period is starting today. It was like mm-hmm. clockwork. Doctors also told me that there was absolutely no way that that was connected to my cycle, even though I could literally predict when my cycle was going to start by the blood pressure drop in the morning, the morning it was starting. So I would know, okay, here we go, right? So I would spot for anywhere from a day or two to several days. That would normally kind of dictate if it was going to be like an eight or nine day period or a 10 plus day period, however many days I would spot, which I have since learned is a sign of endometriosis and meaning things are, are not going well when you spot like that. <laughs> not normal, right? Not normal. <laughs> um, I would feel just shaky and faint and exhausted the whole period. And I had horrible cramps. And I think anybody out there who has dealt with this, it, this if you know, you know, right? If you don't, I don't have a great way to describe it, except it's not like Like, oh, you know, you eat something bad and you get the cramp in your stomach, right? Like 
it was that, but it was like in my lower back, front, back, down my legs. I used to say I hurt from my bra line to my knees, front and back every month. It was miserable. I'd be trying to sit at my desk. I would just pop an ibuprofen like Tic Tacs to get through the day. And so on top of that, the, every time the cramps got really bad, here we go with the TMI again. Bring it, girl. We're ready. The the bowel movements would get horrible. The period poops. Again, if you know, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would get the horrible period poops and talk about periods being heavy and clots. I I joked that I would go to the bathroom and it looked like a scene from Carrie in there. I mean, it was <laughs> it was like scary. Like sometimes I would be like, how am I still alive? I mean, it was so heavy and so miserable. I mean, there were phases in my cycle, especially in really bad cycles. I could not get very far from a bathroom. I mean, yeah. with everything going on and it really just affected like what I wanted to go out and do in my free time, how yes. I was able to work. I mean, I worked at, you know, um, at one point I worked in a manufacturing facility that had a hundred acres under the roof. Like it's hard to go out and do your job when you're feeling that bad and walking that far is just a non-starter. Like there were some days where I was just like, I can't go do that thing today. Right. I have to stay yes. here. So that would go on, you know, for several days. And finally, when my period was over, it would take a couple of days to recover, like for me to really get my strength back after that. So then the good phase, I feel good for about five to seven days, depending on how long the period was. Oh, the I had a few month? good days. What? Of the whole oh, month? In this phase, right? Okay. So then, so this is crazy. I know it sounds like I'm going into a lot of detail, but I just really want to know people out there that are, might be struggling with this. Like it's not normal and other people are dealing with this too. So then I would hit ovulation. Yeah. So ovulation is supposed to be like the great time of the month. Everybody feels good. We're all happy. We're outgoing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, No. Um, I would be exhausted. And like, I know a lot of women feel like a little bit of like a little pinch of ovulation pain. No, girl, it was like 24 hours. I would have to start the ibuprofen regimen up again. Like it would be so painful. Mm. And then after that, I was like, whew, okay. I had another good, like five to seven days, like maybe, you know, up to a week. Yeah. And then I get the warning shot. So one week before my period was right, almost exactly to the day, I would have a day, I would get up and I could barely get out of bed. Like I drag myself out of bed, could barely function, like barely move through my day. And I knew... When that day hit, I was like, here it comes. I got one week before this, before the period hits again. Yeah. And then as that week would go on, I would, I always refer to it as slipping into the black hole. I would start to get really, <laughs> yes. no, I didn't know. It was so bad. I would get cranky. I would start snapping at everyone, anxiety, the weirdest symptoms. My nails would break. I would start to like have a little hair loss. I mean, more than normal insomnia. I would not be able to sleep for a few days before my period. And this is a weird one. Um, my coordination got really bad. Really? So yes, I would drop things. Like one day I was standing in the kitchen and I was holding like my metal water bottle and I stand there talking to my husband. I just dropped it. And he looks at me, he goes, what in the world just happened? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just dropped it. Like my, I would trip, I would run into things. Like my coordination would get really poor. But the worst part, I think, in this phase was I would get terrible anxiety and depression. And that's why I called it slipping into the black hole. Like, as we got closer and closer to my period, my I would get so depressed. 
But thankfully, I got to a point where I was aware that I knew that like as soon as my period started, that depression would lift. And so even if I was in that, right, I was fortunate enough to have the self-awareness to know like, hey, in a few days, this is going to end. You'll be fine, right? And then I would start my period and we would start all over again. And so my husband, um, he has been so supportive and so amazing through all of this, but he observed one time, he said, you're either on your period, recovering from your period or getting ready to start your period again. He's like, you never get to feel good. Wow. It was true. It was so true. So, okay. So back to 2021, right? I go to the gynecologist and I am just like, so relieved somebody's actually taking me seriously. And he says, okay, we pretty much have three three options, a fourth sort of, he's like, we can go in and see if there's actually endometriosis. He's like, again, it's probably endometriosis. So we can put you on birth control. We can do an ablation or hysterectomy. And I will tell you, Jen, at this point, I had, I was so excited that somebody actually took me seriously Yes. that I was like, I'm just happy. Somebody's actually letting me have options after how many years, after 20 years, Yeah. it was almost exactly 20 years. And I was like, I didn't even really stop to be like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't do any of these, (laughs) but (laughs) I was just like, Hey, somebody's giving me options. But again, I'm really thankful. You know, he was very much about like, it's completely my choice. So I decided we're going to go birth control. We're going to start least invasive and we're going to go to most invasive. Right. Um, So we started on a low dose birth control pill. And for the first few months, it was great. Like I didn't really have side effects from the pill that I noticed. Um, My periods were so much lighter. They were less painful. I months, I didn't take any ibuprofen whatsoever, but they were a little longer. So they started out like six or seven days and they kind of got eight, nine days, nine, 10 days, but they were like totally manageable. So when I went back to my doctor in January for my checkup, I was like, I can live with this. I'm like, they're a little long and yeah, I feel a little flat sometimes. Like I don't like, I, I could feel that I wasn't, you know, having the ups and downs like a normal cycle would have, but I was like, but I can live with this. If, it, if this is as bad as it gets, like I can deal with this. And so he's like, okay, your choice. Yeah. Sounds good. And it kept going well until it didn't. <laughs> and so I'd been on the pill about six months in late 2021. And just a lot of things going on in my life, um, going on in my life, stress, different things, right. Kind of came to an head and I started, um, really kind of hitting the period that I would call rock bottom a little bit. Um, it started late 2021. I had a really terrible stomach bug. Um, it was so bad. Like I ended up passing out in our, in our living room, scared the bejesus out of my poor husband. Um, And like around that time, as I was recovering from that, I had a back injury. I couldn't hardly walk for a week, kind of recovered from that. Um, Into 2022, we lost a couple very close family members, two days apart from each other. So dealing with the grief of that, then we got the dreaded COVID. (laughs) Um, We were down sick with that, got over that, had a foot injury that kept me from being able to hardly walk more than a mile or so for several months, had a back injury again, 
I got the flu, um, which turned into a secondary infection. Like, I, I mean, if it could happen to me, it happened to me. In and that, you were like, on three birth control months. at this point, right? Yes. Your immune system was knocked down. Yes. So also during this time, kind of like, right, like in sync with this, my periods started getting even longer. So they were 11 days, then oh, the wow. 14 days. And then I had a 17 day period. Wow. And I called the doctor and I'm like, okay, I can live with eight or nine, 10 days, but I cannot live with 17. And so what did they do? They upped my dosage. They put me on a new pill to start on the next cycle. Mm. So um, right about this time, I wandered into a little yoga studio in Lenexa. <laughs> Wonder where that one- was. Yes, into um, Jen's in- yoga and energy healing with class. And so I'm going through all this. I'm starting the higher dose pill and just like life is falling apart right now. My, like, I even went through phase, like my face, like broke out in these like tiny little bumps all over it. I thought I had allergic reaction. I didn't know what was going on. I remember the first day you came in and honestly, I was like, that woman has a lovely spirit. (laughs) Oh, I figured you'd be like, this girl's a hot mess. But it's to say that we don't sometimes see how people are struggling on the inside. Well, I figured you probably had a pretty good idea because I cried through most of the first classes, (laughs) first couple of months. I mean, I would go in there and I didn't really know why, but I knew that I would go to class and I would like cry through most of the class and then I would leave and I would just feel way better. Um, I called it my, like hitting my reset button for the week. I'd go in, I get wrung out a little bit and then go home. Would the poses make you cry or the energy healing part? Both. Oh. <laughs> both. Yeah, it just depends on the day. Sometimes both, sometimes one, sometimes the other. Like, uh, I just, I would, I just cried through it. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I guess this is what I need, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one a lot of times really to like cry a lot, or I wouldn't say I don't cry a lot, but I mean, like, I wasn't raising a family that was like really about showing emotions and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, not, yeah. you know, not saying anything bad. I had fantastic family, but. It, it was not in character for me, I guess you could say. And I was just like, yeah. okay, this is what we need to do. We're doing it, right? So um, I'm so thankful for you, Jen, because I remember you just like held space. Sometimes you just come and like put your hand on my back or something. And I was just like, I'll make it through. I just got to make it through class. You were so good to me. Um, so I start this till in May, this higher dosage, right? And it's like a double dosage because they didn't have anything between what I was on and this next dosage out. And things went from like bad to worse. So I gained five pounds in the first week I was on the pill. Um, and they, of course they told me that like, you don't gain weight from the pill, right? I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, I was super fatigued. I was bloated. I was swollen. Like I can't even like describe it. I was just, I, I said, I felt like a water balloon. Like I was just super swollen. I was stiff. I was achy. I was tired. Um, and you know, my breast hurt so bad and we're getting, I said, we'll get into the gritty details. Bring I couldn't it, sleep at night because like, I couldn't get comfortable. Like I'm a side sleeper yep. and I couldn't get comfortable. Like everything was sore and achy and tender. And I was just like, this is not good. So I'm calling my doctor and they're like, oh yeah, you're just adjusting. It's okay. Just give it a couple months, give it a couple months. Right. So after probably about a month, month and a half of this, You know, I had gotten to know you from continuing to go to your classes. And so after about a month and a half of this, I'm like, 
okay, this cannot be right. Like something inside me was just telling me like, this is not right. Like this pill is not working for you. But I was so, so terrified of going off of it because remember what I said my cycles were like before. Like if I went off that, I was just going to go back to that. So I remember after class one day, I was like, hey, Jen, so um, I saw you had a business card here and I Googled you and you do functional medicine. And I remember asking you like, hey, I was telling you all my symptoms and do you, you know, can you help with endometriosis? Like, can, is this something you can help with? Do you remember what you said to me, Jen? No, I'm like, oh no, tell <laughs> us. No, you said, oh, endometriosis, that's easy. <laughs> Probably like when people bring anything autoimmune or something yeah. that I know we can hear, I'm like, oh, piece of cake. When they I bring genital conditions, I'm like, mm, I might have to refer you. Yeah. But you're like, oh, that one's easy. And now in your credit, you were like, it's not easy to do with. I totally understand. But like, you were like, this is totally fixable. And I remember in my mind being like, what do you mean it's easy? Like I've been to how many doctors I've been like, but I don't know, something in me was just like, okay, she says she can fix it. Like, what do I have to lose? Right. (laughs) So, you know, as you know, right, we set up a call and we talked a little bit and I was like, okay, we're going to go for it. We're going to do this. So I went through your symptomless program. Um, I think I had what three sessions with you. We did lab testing and through the whole thing, I will say, I was like, so intrigued by how you were just so confident that this was not an issue. And I'm like, (laughs) I just, I was like, okay, I guess we got to try it. Right. So, um, you know, I started working with you, like doing dietary changes, drinking celery juice. I thought that was totally crazy. Um, so I remember, okay, I'm going to go back. So I remember sitting down with you and like telling you like how I was getting really shaky and everything. Right. And I was like, girl, like you need to get your head in the game. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. A couple of years ago, you would wake up in the morning, you'll eat a banana and you go run three to four miles and you were totally fine. You wouldn't even eat for another hour or so. Like you are getting plenty of food. This is like all in your head. Like you need to get your mind around the fact like this is okay and you are just fine. And miraculously, I was just fine after that. So I remember getting that email from you. I was sitting in my office and there was a little bit of, um, just like my empathy for people going through this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to help them. But you made the choice to keep going and to trust. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to like, and I explained it to you. I'm like, this is what you're going through. And there's always that moment with every single person where I'm like, where I'm on one ledge, they're on another. And I threw out the bridge and I'm like, do you want to come? And you're like, I'm coming. You're like, girl, you said it to yourself and you came, you, you crossed that scary bridge. Yeah. I was just like, there is, I mean, the engineer in me again, right? I was looking at like, okay, not that I'm a calorie counter, but like in my head, I'm like, how many calories between like juice and smoothies and everything? Like, am I getting like, this is sufficient. You are getting enough food. Like it is just your mind trying to tell you that this is different and it's scary. And, you know, and so, yeah, I use that little analytical side of my brain to be like, you are just fine. Just keep going. And so, um, so I went on vacation for a little bit. And then when I came back, we did an energy healing session. (laughs) And so, uh, I, I did want to talk a little bit about this as the engineer type person and energy healing, right? So there might be some people out there listening, maybe some that are like, oh yeah, I'm totally down with energy healing, right? 
And then there might be some that are like, okay, you lost me at energy healing. Yes. <laughs> Wait, energy healing? What? No. Um, so I am very analytical and I tend to be very skeptical of things like this. But I'm also the kind of person that's like, yeah, I'll try anything once. I mean, it can't hurt, right? Like, <laughs> if anything, you'll just kind of feel like a good, like, nap or relax, right? Yeah. In the worst case, right? So I did an energy healing session with you for my last session, and it was really powerful. Like, I, I really felt a shift during that. And I've described this actually to a friend since then who was like, what in the world is energy healing? And so for those who might be, like, a little skeptical, I think of it this way. So have you ever been like a really like stressful situation or whatever, or going through like a tough project at work or something, and you can feel that tension, like it's in your neck, your back, like you can feel your body tense, right? Mm -hmm. And then like either that, that passes or you get a great massage or something and you like feel that tension release, right? Like the project's over, things worked out well. And so I think the way I think about it is your body can hold tension. Like we feel that in our necks and our backs. Like why is it such a leap to think that your body can hold tension elsewhere because of traumatic things you've been through or stress that you're under, right? So energy healing in my mind is just like really intense therapy. Like you go in and you do this and you are able to like release these traumatic things in your past or this tension that you're under and it allows your body to relax. And so maybe you don't feel that relaxation in your neck or something. Maybe it's in, you know, other random symptoms that you're having or an autoimmune disease. Like it's just a way of your body holding tension and anybody who's ever been stressed can know what that feels like. Right. Yeah. So at least that's how I see energy healing for the skeptics out there. Just think of it as like, like a massage for your like emotions. Maybe. I don't know. That is amazing. I, that okay, I'm definitely going to steal that if you allow it. And energy absolutely. Healing, some people are like, Oh, is it like Reiki? And I'm like, Well, kind of, but it's yeah. subconscious somatic removal of energy or tension or emotion or trauma from the body. And for those listening that might not be local, most of the time, 80% of the time, it's on an, a virtual session when we can be yeah. done. The quantum field exists across all planes. So so your engineer brain was like, I'm gonna do this. And it'll feel like a nap, but then what happened? So um, I've just felt this like really powerful energy during it. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, go into a ton of details because some of, you know, what I experienced was very private, but I just felt this really powerful energy. And I realized afterward that what I was feeling was really just kind of my own feminine energy that was ready mm -hmm. to like heal myself and just it was just like hey hello we're here like feminine energy isn't bad like it's not you know up to this point like being a woman had caused me nothing but problems really you know <laughs> from all of the cycle issues and so it was just kind of I felt like my body's way of telling me like no girl like I am here for you and we are about to bust this wide open right and so after that right so I have so now it's time for my first cycle like post pill post energy healing. And I was so nervous. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. This is going to be either really good or really bad. I don't know what to expect. It was six days and totally manageable. And I was like, when it ended, I was like, wait, that's it. Like, that's it. That, that, that was it. And I was so funny because I didn't like want 
because I have some close friends who knew like everything I was going through. Like, I didn't really want to talk about it mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't want to spook it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if I tell somebody, it's like, it's going to remind like my uterus that it's supposed to be torturing me or something. I don't know. It was like, I was scared that like it, it couldn't stay this good. Right. And so you did warn me, you said a few months in, I might have a rough cycle. So I did like my third month in, I think it was, I had a little bit of a rougher cycle pain, Mm -hmm. but it was still short for me, short for me. And it was like, it like was in and it was out versus where it would just drag on misery all month. So even when it was rough, it was just you know, a few days of being rough and then it was back to life. Right. And that can happen for those listening. Yes. You can go immediately into beautiful cycles for the rest of your life. You can have your cycles can get worse and then get better. It can ebb and flow for a little bit because your hormones are rebalancing your immune systems, finally getting what it needs in your body's cleaning house. So just a little FYI for those on their endo healing journey. Yes. But I was like, okay, Jen said I could have a rough cycle here and there, like totally just plowing forward because everything else is going well. So then kind of in that time frame, um, you led a retreat locally, a one-day retreat, and I went to it with a good friend of mine. And this is kind of funny. So for anybody out there who's like has imposter syndrome, you are totally going to relate to this. So we're (laughs) at the retreat, right? And I'm thoroughly enjoying my time, but like everyone is having these super powerful experiences. And, and I'm kind of like, I must not be doing this right. Or like, maybe, maybe it's just today's not my day. Like I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. I mean, I was, I was enjoying it, but I was like, I seem to not be um, getting the same out of it as everyone else maybe. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think we all have those times where we feel like maybe we're like not up to speed with everyone else. And so it's like if the spirit is Santa, it's like Santa missed our stocking that day. And the spirit's like, like, well, what about me? Yes. You were, you were alchemizing. And then I'll let you finish the story. I think I know. Yes. Where this so I was like, okay, well, I mean, this was fun. And I, like, I was really relaxing. I enjoyed it. We did yoga in the woods. We did sound healing, right? It was great. And so the next day I go for my every Sunday to my, um, to your class for the yoga plus energy healing. And I remember you did the same flow that we did when we did yoga in the woods. And I really noticed like my body just like was moving so much easier and I felt like fluid and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And then you had us pull a self-care card and I do not know exactly what it said because it's been a while, but I remember it was something to do with like trusting that like wisdom will come in time. Like the, the delayed wasn't like, don't judge in the moment. The wisdom will come, right? And I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And then we were laying in class and then we were doing a twist. I, I don't know why I remember, but we were in a twist and there was just something inside of me was just all of a sudden, like, this is not a problem for you anymore. Like you do not have endometriosis anymore. You're done with it. Like it, it's not a problem. And I was like, whoo, okay. <laughs> I could cry. All right. Where did that come from? But, um, all right. Okay. Okay. I guess this isn't a problem anymore. And I was just like, I'm going to believe this. Right. And in that moment, I also knew like the other message I got is like, you have to take care of yourself. Like if you don't take care of yourself, like this can be a problem again, Mm -hmm. but 
right now, like this is not a problem anymore. You know how to take care of yourself and you know how to manage this and like go forth. Like you are free from this now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, okay, well, well, I just trusted it. And so, so that kind of brings us, you know, now it's been a few months since then. Right. And so like, where am I at now? Right. So I am still, I have regular cycles. Um, my periods are five to seven days long, normally five to six, occasionally seven. Um, I still get cramps, but they're totally manageable. I can tell when I have been maybe indulging and doing things I shouldn't (laughs) a little too much or when stress is too high because I might have a little bit rougher cycle. But for me now, like when I say I have a rougher cycle, I would say like, if I had a, what I would now call a rough cycle two years ago, I would have been like, this is the best month ever. Like this was the (laughs) easiest cycle ever. What did I do this month? I have to figure out how to repeat it. So even if I say rougher now, like it is night and day difference. Mm. Um, It just, it doesn't rule my life anymore. Like I don't, you know, book a business trip. And the first thing I do is pull up my cycle app to see if I'm going to be on my period, if I'm going to be able to manage the trip while I'm on my period. Like that, that's just not a thing for me anymore. You don't pass out anymore. Oh no, no, I don't pass out anymore. I don't, I'm going to admit this is where I, I I will get real with you all. Um, I do take ibuprofen occasionally, but now it's like, oh, if they're really bad, really bad for now. Right. Not even anything compared to before, but you know, I might take a dose in the morning if I'm working that day and I really need to be on my game and I need it the rest of the day. I mean, versus I used to take three in the morning to start me out and then two every three hours just to get through the day. And now I might take a dose, a couple doses on my period. If like it's my cramps are bothering me a little bit, but yeah, it's, it is night and day different. Um, yeah. So I, um, I had a friend recently and this was really very telling to me. So, or an acquaintance that I know had mentioned that she struggled with endometriosis and I reached out to her and I was just like, Hey, you said, you know, oh, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. No, no. I was just like, Hey, I've done some things that have helped. If you're ever interested, let me know. And I shared some things with her Yes. and she ended the conversation. She had every like good intention, but she referred to me as an endo warrior. Mm. And I had this like visceral reaction against it and not like to her, like, I mean, but just in my mind and my body, I just had this like reaction against it. And I figured out that it's because I'm at a place where like, I don't identify as someone who has endometriosis, if you will. Right. I don't see that as part of me anymore. And when symptoms flare up, I'm just like, oh, I am having a little bit of a symptom flare up. I can manage this. I don't see my identity as somebody who like has to have their identity defined by my terrible cycles anymore because it's just not a problem. It's part of my life. It's not my entire life anymore. You've completely taken your power back and there's something about your spirit that's awaken and transform They're like, no, I sometimes have symptoms of this, but I'm not fighting anything because my power is back. And I know that my body can heal. So you don't have to fight it. If you know, the battles one on the other side. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Like, I just don't 
feel like it's a fight. I have to fight anymore. I, I yeah. do know, like I said, I know I, I tend to push the limits a little bit on um, <laughs> the things I shouldn't, shouldn't be eating. Right. Um, I do, you know, I have my big three, I call them dairy, eggs, and gluten that were the big ones. I think eggs were really key to me. And I fought you tooth and nail on that one a little bit when you <laughs> told me eggs, eggs had to go. I was like, no, those eggs. Um, but I would say I'm a, at least 95% a gluten, dairy, and egg free about once a month, once every other month, maybe I let myself indulge in a nice yeah. breakfast burrito or something, but I love um, that. I love that. You're like, I know when I need to scale it back and I know when I can be a human. Yes, exactly. I mean, a great example, like Thanksgiving I had, I was like, okay, I, I ended up cooking most of Thanksgiving dinner for our family. So I knew a lot of it was, you know, in my wheelhouse of what would feel good for me to eat. But I was like, I'm just going to let myself eat what I want to. And I didn't really indulge that much, but I did eat some of those things. And I had the worst headache on the night of Thanksgiving. It was so bad. And so, yeah, it's just showing that like my body will tell me when I've gone too far or when I, when I'm doing well, or when I've gone too far. And that's something I've really learned is like, I can just listen to my body and it'll tell me like, I can indulge sometimes, um, chai lattes are a weakness oat milk chai lattes are a weakness do you remember me sending you an email begging to have oat milk yeah. chai lattes I was probably like try it see how you feel but you had from what I remember this period of time where you kind of went all in before you played a little bit and gave your oh, body for sure for yeah. sure um you know I really followed your protocol to a t for probably two or three months mm-hmm. um until I really had some repeated cycles that, that were going well. And then I was like, okay, let myself start playing a little bit and see if my body can take it. And like I said, my big three gluten, dairy, and eggs, uh, they are pretty much gone. Um, but overall, like I, I, my body is very clear. I mean, if you listen, I love the saying your body whispers before it screams. Yes. And so if you listen, your body will tell you what it wants and what it doesn't want, what sounds good, what doesn't sound good. And when you've gone too far, when, when you have a little room to play. So if you just listen, it'll tell you. Oh my gosh. You are so inspiring. You've given me this podcast, this, this time with you today, Brooke's been such a gift. Cause I feel like so renewed in my work and for all the practitioners listening, like you just don't realize how you touch people physically and figuratively of just sharing what you believe in and sharing your work. So for those listening, Brooke, what if if a woman is like, I have endometriosis, I don't even know where to start. Like what three things can you give her to start healing? Um, If you are able to work with you, I highly recommend that. But I also realize either for whatever's going on in your life, you know, financially, geographically, whatever it might be, right? Like that might not be an option for everyone. So if you're really kind of taking this on your own, I would say, um, do some research and really learn about your cycle because in doing that, you will learn what should be normal and what's not, not what do a lot of people and doctors tell you is normal, but what really should you be experiencing and not learn about the different phases of your cycle and what to expect. And then from there, you can really understand what, what you're experiencing that is not normal. Right. So kind of narrow that down. The second thing would be diet. The first thing you have to do is get the processed 
junk out of your diet. Um, And that was one, you know, I did that mostly several years ago. um, And like I said, it cured migraines and all sorts of things for me, but that's step one. But then also start looking at some of those really inflammatory things, gluten, dairy, eggs, caffeine was a big one for me, um, except for my occasional chai latte. As it just because it stresses, it spikes the stress cycle, right? Yes. Anything that doesn't feel good when you eat it, like really kind of get quiet and listen to what your body wants to eat. Right. And then I think probably the third thing is, um, get ready to get real with your emotions, Mm. uh, and what's going on, right? Because it, it is physical, but kind of going back to talking, you know, about the energy healing and different things, even if you, you can't, or you don't want to go through energy, an actual energy healing session, start thinking about what emotions you have, what you're holding, what, you know, past traumas or things you experienced as a child or stresses you're going through now, and really try to work through that. Because I think so much of what we experience physically is really, really attached to what we've experienced emotionally. Brooke, would you believe that when I had my first energy healing session, it was an NAT session done seven years ago by a chiropractor friend for someone who now teaches energy healing and certifies people in it. He was like, I think we should do this. And I go, I don't really have emotional baggage or trauma. I didn't even realize the things that I'd went through were traumatic. I was like, dude, I'm fine. I grew up in the middle class. Like I'm fine, but it doesn't matter. Like every human has gone through something that's fractured their soul and lived in their nervous system. 100%. I've heard it described as trauma with a big T and trauma with a little T, right? So we think of trauma as trauma with the big T. And those are the big splashy, like life altering things that people experience that you think of traditionally as trauma, but trauma with a little T can be things like, you know, you, you didn't feel included when you were a kid or like all those small little things that add up over time, you know, or you had a job that had a, you know, you were in a toxic work environment or you had a bad relationship or all these things add up over time. So just because you think I, you know, I haven't had big trauma, big T traumas in my life doesn't mean little T traumas aren't affecting you. Yes. I love that. Ready to get real with your emotions. Yes. Well, if there's not anything else you want to add, do you, are you ready for some rapid fire questions? I am. Let's do it. Okay. Drum roll. Here we go. Brooke, what is your Enneagram number? Do you know? I do. I love this question because I've learned about Enneagram the last couple of years. I am a seven. I okay. It probably doesn't shock anyone that knows me. I'm a little surprised a little bit, but now like just how much fun this episode has been. I was like, she's here for a good time. <laughs> yes. So, what I'm is- also in human design. I'm a manifesting generator. I could see that. I honestly, the whole time we've been talking, I'm like, you're going to be doing something with women sharing your story and you're really great with communication and articulating this. So well, thank you. Generator, I'm sure you'll, you'll call it into your energy field. What is your favorite indulgent food? Oh, I think we've covered this chai latte. <laughs> I'm like, that's not even that bad <laughs> with oat milk because I try to keep my dairy out, but Um, I think food wise though, I love some chips and salsa. Oh my gosh. I can keep salsa in the house, but if I put chips in the house with it, it's gone in 24 hours. It's gone. So then what is your favorite healing food on the flip side? So I'm very, very much a seasonal eater. So, um, 
in the summer is it really varies so in the summer it is definitely homegrown tomatoes which I I grow like eight yes. tomato plants because I have to have homegrown tomatoes and watermelon I could just eat like bowls and bowls of watermelon in the summer in the summer those are the only two foods I need yes ever. But in okay. the winter, it's probably like, I love sweet potatoes. I always get like a big box of sweet potatoes from a local farmer in the fall and eat on those for as long as they last. So sweet potatoes in the winter. Beautiful. I love it. And they can be delicious even, even when you're healing. What is the proudest moment in your life, Brooke? Ooh, this one is so hard because I think we always think about like things that happened recently, right? Um, but I think going back a little further, um, it might've been the first time I ever did like a hard hike in a national park. And that is a story for a different day, but it's really what started me almost a decade ago on just this overall health journey. Mm. And I was so proud of myself that I made it because I really didn't think I was going to. That's beautiful. Surrounded by nature, the greatest healer, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. And last question. This can have one or many answers. What books are you reading? Oh, it does have many answers. <laughs> um, so I, my audio book right now, so I normally have like an audio book and a physical book at least going at the same time. So I have my audio book is um, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Poland. Love it. Which I have found very interesting um, so far. And I always like to read the book before I watch the movie. So I'm trying to get it done so I can watch a Netflix series on it as well. Yes. Then I am reading Catch 22 for a, a book discussion at my local library. And I'm also doing, I told you I had a lot of answers. I love it. Um, I got a book for Christmas called The Daily Stoic and you read, it's yes. like one page a day. So mm -hmm. I started that on January 1st. So I'm reading that book as well. Do you have a takeaway from that book you want to share or you're still digesting? Um, I'm still digesting kind of fun is that yesterday I was talking to my husband and telling him how like I really need to set some big goals and like how I feel like that's so important and then I read my page for the day at night and it was literally about how we have to set goals or we will wander directionless in our life and so I was like okay well I'm definitely in sync with where this book is right now beautiful I love it piggyback off of this closing message Brooke if you have anything to add I know both of our hearts were to share with women to know that endometriosis symptoms, signs, conditions are not normal, and there's a way to heal this condition. So thank you so much for joining me today. This has been thank so much you. fun. I have a, a really deep sense in my intuitive knowing that this is going to be one of the most impactful podcasts for women to hear on the show. So I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you. I am just hoping that that someone out there can be helped by hearing my story. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks. I am just oozing from that conversation with Brooke. I knew having her on would be amazing. And I'm just blown away at how actually amazing that turned out to be. And I want to offer you all an opportunity to join in on this feminine energy hormone, and all things in the women's body healing. Even if you're near or far geographically to me, we always have the chance to work one-on-one -on -one virtually. But coming March 6th, I am offering this incredibly special container called I Am Woman. It's a functional hormone healing program that will teach you to feel and understand the energetics behind hormone imbalance and conditions like endometriosis, PCOS, 
It'll teach you how to understand your hormonal cycle, whether you have a condition or you don't. We can all optimize those hormones to feel our best and show up as our best for our work, our mood, our family. This program will teach us how to live according to our hormones so we don't feel like a loose cannon. We'll get our libido back and we're going to learn how to use naturally cycle foods, minerals, vitamins, learn to attune to our nervous system and use things like adaptogens, infrared to help our body heal. We can learn how to conceive or not to conceive naturally without birth control. And we'll learn to read our own labs, Dutch tests, learn about bioidentical hormones. And most of all, this will eliminate the high tier cost that comes with individual one-on-one work. And I want this healing to be accessible to everyone. And as Brooke said, get ready to get real with your feminine energy, your emotions. And yes, there will be energy healing. And as you uncover your divine feminine energy in your body, it's begging you to be the force or for that energy to be the force that leads your life into health, wealth, and happiness. So join us in this I Am Woman program. It's a six-week program online in, in this community of women who share similar values for body, mind, and spirit. You have just a couple days left to sign up. So check the link in the bio. The program starts March 6th and I would love to have you join us. So thanks again, Brooke, for joining us on the podcast today. Leave a review, subscribe so that other people that are healing their bodies can get this message too. We'll see you next week for next week's episode.